0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Voyages of Dr. Doolittle by Hugh Lofting. Part 5. Chapter 5. War on our way back to the village the doctor began discussing natural history with long arrow but their most interesting talk mainly about plants had hardly begun when an indian runner came dashing up to us with a message long arrow listened gravely to the breathless babbled words then turned to the doctor and said in eagle tongue great white man an evil thing has befallen the popsy petals our neighbors to the southward the thievish bag Jagderags." who for so long have cast envious eyes on our stores of ripe corn, have gone upon the warpath, and even now are advancing to attack us. "'Evil news, indeed,' said the doctor. "'Yet let us not judge harshly. Perhaps it is that they are desperate for food, having their own crops frost-killed before harvest, for are they not even nearer the cold south than you?' "'Make no excuses for any man of the tribe of the Bagjagdarax,' said Long Arrow, shaking his head. "'They are an idle, shiftless race. They do but see a chance to get corn without the labor of husbandry. If it were not that they are a much bigger tribe, and hope to defeat their neighbors by sheer force of numbers, they would not have dared to make open war upon the brave Pupsipettos.' When we reached the village we found it in a great state of excitement. Everywhere men were seen putting their bows in order, sharpening spears— grinding battle-axes and making arrows by the hundred women were raising a high fence of bamboo poles all around the village scouts and messengers kept coming and going bringing news of the movements of the enemy while high up in the trees and hills about the village we could see lookouts watching the mountains to the southward long arrow brought another indian short but enormously broad and introduced him to the doctor as Big Teeth the chief warrior of the Popsipetals. The doctor volunteered to go and see the enemy and try to argue the matter out peacefully with them, instead of fighting. For war, he said, was at best a stupid wasteful business. But the two shook their heads. Such a plan was hopeless, they said. In the last war, when they had sent a messenger to do peaceful arguing, the enemy had merely hit him with an axe. While the doctor was asking Big Teeth how he meant to defend the village against attack, A cry of alarm was raised by the lookouts. "'They're coming! The Bagjagnarags! Swarming down the mountains in thousands. "'Well,' said the doctor, "'it's all in the day's work, I suppose. I don't believe in war. But if the village is attacked, we must help defend it.' And he picked up a club from the ground and tried the heft of it against a stone. "'This,' he said, "'seems like a pretty good tool to me.' and he walked to the bamboo fence and took his place among the other waiting fighters. Then we all got hold of some kind of weapon with which to help our friends, the gallant popsipetels. petals. I borrowed a bow and a quiver full of arrows. Jip was content to rely upon his old but still strong teeth. Chee chi took a bag of rocks and climbed a palm where he could throw them down upon the enemy's heads, and Bumpo marched after the doctor to the fence, armed with a young tree in one hand and a doorpost in the other when the enemy drew near enough to be seen from where we stood we all gasped with astonishment the hillsides were actually covered with them thousands upon thousands they made our small army within the village look like a mere handful saints alive muttered polynesia our little lot will stand no chance against that swarm this will never do i'm going off to get some help Where she was going, and what kind of help she meant to get, I had no idea. She just disappeared from my side. But Jip, who had heard her, poked his nose between the bamboo bars of the fence to get a better view of the enemy, and said, ''Likely she's gone after the black parrots. Let's hope she finds them in time. Just look at those ugly ruffians climbing down the rocks! Millions of them! This fight's going to keep us all hopping!'' And Jip was right before a quarter of an hour had gone by our village was completely surrounded by one huge mob of yelling raging bag-jagderags i now come again to a part in the story of our voyages where things happen so quickly one upon the other that looking backwards i see the picture only in a confused kind of way i know that if it had not been for the terrible three as they came afterwards to be fondly called in popsipetal history Long Arrow, Bumpo, and the Doctor. The war would have been soon over, and the whole island would have belonged to the worthless bag-jagderacks. But the Englishman, the African, and the Indian were a regiment in themselves, and between them they made that village a dangerous place for any man to try to enter. The bamboo fencing which had been hastily set up around the town was not a very strong affair and right from the start it gave way in one place after another as the enemy thronged and crowded against it. Then the Doctor, Long Arrow, and Bumpo would hurry to the weak spot, a terrific hand-to-hand fight would take place, and the enemy be thrown out. But almost instantly a cry of alarm would come from some other part of the village wall, and the three would have to rush off and do the same thing all over again. The Popsipedals were themselves no mean fighters, but the strength and weight of those three men of different lands and colours, standing close together, swinging their enormous war clubs, was really a sight for the wonder and admiration of any one. Many weeks later, when I was passing an Indian campfire at night, I heard this song being sung. It has since become one of the traditional folk-songs of the Popsipetals. THE SONG OF THE TERRIBLE THREE O oh, hear ye the song of the terrible three, and the fight that they fought by the edge of the sea! Down from the mountains, the rocks, and the crags, swarming like wasps, came the bag-jagderags. Surrounding our village, our walls they broke down. Oh sad was the plight of our men and our town! But heaven determined our land to set free! and sent us the help of the Terrible Three. One was a black, he was dark as the night, one was a redskin, a mountain of height. But the chief was a white man, round like a bee, and all in a row stood the Terrible Three. Shoulder to shoulder they hammered and hit, like demons of fury they kicked and they bit, like a wall of destruction they stood in a row, flattening enemies, six at a blow. Oh, strong was the red-skin, fierce was the black. Bag-jag-darags trembled and tried to turn back. But twas of the white man they shouted, Beware! He throws men in handfuls straight up in the air. Long shall they fright in bad children at night, with tales of the red and the black and the white. And long shall we sing of the terrible three, and the fight that they fought by the edge of the sea. End of chapter.